Everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for 2019. Why is he singing? Why wouldn't he be singing? Because I know who I'm about to speak to. You don't know who I'm about to speak to. It's all so much fun. It's like, I don't know, I want to do something spontaneous or maybe even something quite sporadic. I have no idea. I've, I, I don't know. <laughs> I could be... Could it be one person joining me? Could it be the other person joining me? Is it the guy? Is it the guy asking the questions? Is it the guy with the bulging sack? We have no idea. All we know. <laughs> joining me. <laughs> jo- I know him from Sporadically Bored. You might know him from Solo Mode Games. It's Mike Delisio. Richard, it's a complete joy. And and here here's here here's a little something for you. I'll yeah. be your guest for 2019. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for February, but uh, you went with 2019, so I had to follow your well, lead because I don't know when this is going to actually air. It could air any time at all, but I, I mean, for doing that, this this stuff's getting edited right now and it's going out <laughs> as soon as possible. Let's live so, stream I mean, it. Can we make that you happen? Know, I think I, I, I wouldn't want to because I don't think these people have done anything that terrible. To deserve, point. to deserve a live stream. Yeah, I've already punched them enough. Don't you? Don't you think? I, you know, I'm pretty sure that us live streaming would be punishment for shoplifting in some countries. <laughs> Line them up and let them watch. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on. I'm so kind of delightfully excited because, um, you know, I was kind of doing a build up, and I started off with Dan, mm-hmm. Dan Hughes, and so then I built up to Matthew Jude. Ah, and okay. I was like scaling. Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I'm getting uh-huh. to the summit. I'm having a stop halfway through by speaking to the likes of Isaac Vega, sure, sure, and even Jerry Hawthorne to yeah. get to the, the keep man, going, keep going. You're almost, mountain, you're almost up there. The mountain, you know, <laughs> um, it's it's yourself. You know, I I don't think I can do any other episodes after I've spoken to you. Well, well, Richard, I I I'm glad somebody said it. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad somebody said it. Look. I'm sure all those people you just mentioned are feeling very, very proud right now to be mentioned in the same breath as me. But uh, it's a joy to be here. It's it's lovely. It's lovely. Um, and uh, it's just wonderful to hear your lovely voice <laughs> again. And uh, it just it, it's music to my ears, Richard. It's, I'm just actually just... The only reason I've got you on is because I know you've got a fantastic board game collection. I, I knew you would have video, and it allows me to kind of cover the heroes of land here and see that I can see behind that. I'm, I'm, I'm caressing it. Kind of, I know uh, you're touching it. I can't stop doing that. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's, it's hard to, I don't it's hard to mind avoid. you being topless. You know, it's fine, just as long as you're not. Well, look, that know. was we, we agreed to that beforehand. I have I have a few lists of demands, and one of them is always to record topless. 
But I just, when you were talking about solo mode games, I didn't realise that would involve. <laughs> Please don't 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 divulge my secrets. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Right. Um, you are well. Um, sporadically, board kind of came along, mm. and it's kind of it's become a firm favourite of mine. Well, thank you. Just because of the nature of how you guys seem to, you and Dan Hughes seem to kind of gel and have a chat. And how did you, I mean, how did you two kind of end up being these couple of star-crossed podcast chatters? <laughs> you know, was there a balcony sure. scene? I well, mean, was, you know. It was It was a, a star kiss tonight, Richard, uh, when this all came together. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll try. Well, look, you, you, the, the structure of your show, one of the reasons why I enjoy it is that you allow people to just kind of ramble. So I, I was going to give yeah. you the, the, the short version, but I'll just give you the regular version. That's fine. Um, basically, uh, it started with, uh, this game is broken. The, uh, the show that, uh, Dan and, uh, kind of Matthew kind of started that, that whole juggernaut going. And, uh, I came on as a guest. And so that's how I got to kind of know Dan and, and the, the rest of the crew there. And so I made multiple, uh, guest appearances, I guess you can say on the show and, yeah. uh, became friendly with them all. And then, uh, I had done, I had really not done any podcasting. I'd been a guest on a couple of, of shows. Uh, I was on the Meeple Overboard show and, uh, I did a little thing with, uh, do you know Asdruval, the retro gamer on uh, Dice yeah. Tower? Yeah, I did. Yeah. A, he, he he did a, uh, a podcast with a friend of his. So I really had no podcasting experience. Uh, I'm not sure I still do. But anyway, I really had no experience then. And um, when when Dan ended up leaving, this game is broken. Uh, you know, we, he and I just kept in touch. We would talk and just kind of pretty much do what we do with the, with the microphones on now, but just because we were, you know, friends and, and talking, I got to meet him and Matthew and the Murphs and Dave at Dice mm-hmm. Tower Con last year. And that's really when kind of I became, you know, friends with them. Yeah. And so in the course of Dan and I talking, I brought up that I was thinking about doing some podcasting because I enjoyed the experience on This Game is Broken so much. And so just – it was really like everything that has happened with Sporadically Bored to, to the present day, it was really, really organic, really low-key, extremely unplanned. We just kind of started you know, talking about – he was really kind of helping me come up with ideas for things I might want to do. Dan is an ideas guy, as he has yeah. said on many yeah. occasions. And so you know, I had this kind of somewhat of a framework of what I wanted to do. And Dan, within 20 seconds, came up with, you know, five or 10 different ways to improve that framework. And so what I was originally planning to do was a little bit more involved and needed a lot more planning and things along those lines. And through the course of talking, he and I just thought, man, wouldn't it be nice to just do something kind of on our own terms where we do it when we want to do it. We don't have a tremendous amount of pre-production and, uh, you know, we just like talking to each other. That's yeah, really yeah. all it's about. And why I think from what I've heard when, when it is connecting with people, what they tend to like is it just sounds like they're sitting in on a conversation. So that's really what it is. That's where it came from. And as long as we continue to want to do it, we'll just keep doing it like that. I think what I like about it. And this isn't kind of like 45 minutes of blowing smoke up your ass. I will be 
quite critical and please, potentially please. Hurt, hurting and cutting <laughs> later on. I will make sure I will. It will be like uh. almost like tweezers in the nose, right? Plucking out the occasional hair, which I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for. Sure. But what I like about it is the fact that the the conversation always kind of starts off in a let's not talk about board games. I mean, was that a conscious decision to say, actually, whatever we do, you know, don't mention the boards, don't mention the cardboard. Is that how you kind of started? Was that I, I, something that you started off with? Or? I guess as as planned as anything we've done. And I, I know that, I you know, he and I both like to kind of play that up. But, but that really, and I think I mentioned this before, so uh, I apologize you're not getting the premiere of this thought. But basically – our lack of planning was very planned, if that makes sense. Um, we mm-hmm. did, and that's where the 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 the, the title for the show, which uh, Dan came up with, which was much better than mine, um, was based around this idea of we'll record sporadically whenever yeah. we feel the 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 call, and we will not be hemmed into that kind of traditional board game podcast format that. You know, look, it can be done very – and it is done very well by a number of different podcasts. But there are so many different ways to approach this hobby. And we yeah. just knew that what appealed to us was that's going to be kind of the, the the overarching theme is we both have a love for board games. The people that we bring on the show are going to have some kind of a connection with board games, generally speaking. And – but we're not going to allow ourselves to get hemmed in with a, a very strict format of, well, what did you play this week? We, we might talk about that, but it's not going to be necessarily something where, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, do you know what it is? I think there's um, there's a difficulty when you're creating some kind of content to make sure you're concentrating on that content. Mm-hmm. As in, if you're making a board game podcast, People make it about the, you know, they'll make it about what they're expecting it to do. And I think it takes a little bit of courage to kind of step away from that. I mean, personally, I've, I talk about the person, like what I said when I was on Sporadically Bored, my, mm-hmm. this, this is not about board games. I, we kind of talk about board games. Sure. But me, I'm using board games as an excuse to talk to you. Right. There's no other two ways about it. You <laughs> right. Know? The whole reason that, you know, board, we might talk board games, we might not talk board games, but, um, that's, that was kind of, kind of interesting. I'm interested in finding out about the people kind of behind it, which is, mm-hmm. and as I say, everybody, other people, you'll have a format, but it will generally be driven by the kind of the board game side of it. In terms of how you got involved in the hobby, mm-hmm. have this, has this been something, are you, are you being involved for years? I mean, have you been doing this, you know, is it a little boy kind of thing? Is it something you got back into quite recently again? I mean, where was your kind of like your journey in regards to that? Yeah, well, uh, games were, were something that I would say was part of my life growing up. It was not a mm. major part of my life growing up. I mean, we had the, you know, kind of the, the mass market games and we would play them on a, on a regular, somewhat regular basis. Um, I remember having... Games that, you know, I, I I hadn't really thought about this memory until I kind of got, you know, and, and by my own volition, tagged into the solo gamer thing. I remember mm. as a kid, uh, do you remember that old uh, crossbows and catapults game? Yeah, it was course. just a bunch of plastic, right? Yeah. And I remember yeah. setting that up on uh, the uh, 
the kitchen of our apartment on the floor of the kitchen linoleum, right? And I set up both <laughs> sides and I was just shooting back and forth. I was playing by myself. Just I just wanted to play with the toys. You know what I mean? So I played with those, you know, type of games, kind of mass market games. Um, but probably my biggest kind of childhood memories of gaming was would be playing cards at my grandmother's house. Um, we would play Pinochle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember pretty young, preteen, learning how to play Pinochle and really enjoying that because it allowed me to interact with the adults. Uh, being able to play it on, you know, I, I was never going to be the best player at the table, but I was not, it wasn't like they had to adjust their play because I was at the table. You know what I mean? I could hold my own. And yeah, so that yeah. was something early on that gave me a real sense of, uh, you know, accomplishment and maybe being able to handle a game that I knew was, or at least I thought was a little above my ear. So I remember that playing Racco and games like that with my grandmother. So that was, you know, my earliest. And then video games took over the Atari 2600, the Commodore wow. 64, um, ColecoVision and television. I, I was really more into video games as a teenager. Um, or a tween, whatever they're calling them now. And, um, then, then really nothing through, through, um, I would say what would be for most people, the college years, but was for me more the working years. I went back to college later. Um, oh, right. okay. I, yeah, I didn't play a lot of games. I was much more into, uh, listening to music, hanging out with friends, uh, things along those lines. Uh, I really was pretty much removed from most gaming. I would video game here and there. Um, and I've got kind of that classic, really almost cliched story now where, um, I was introduced to Catan with, uh, from, a, from a couple that had played it. And so, um, I played Catan and that, that changed it. That was everything. Uh, within a few weeks of that, I was at a, a, a actual hobby game store. And I think the first game I bought was, uh, Lost Cities. Kinesia, the little two, you know two player card yeah, game, yeah, um, and uh, discovered BGG Board Game Geek, and it was a uh, you know I'm a very much a collector. I think Dan and I, in some way, although he doesn't like to, he doesn't like the well, I don't want to speak for Dan, but he has expressed that he maybe some of the commercialism aspects of things bother him, right? I mean, that's kind of almost his thing <laughs> to an extent, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think that he has mentioned that when he gets interested in something, he goes full out, just like this whole, you know, 3D printer uh, silly, you know, silliness that was going on. Yeah, he wanted exactly. to know everything about it. I've got something yeah. very similar. Like, you know, I used to collect music voraciously and it wasn't enough for me to collect the music. I would, I would always know, okay, who was the producer of this album? Where was it recorded? Who was the engineer? Yeah. I always just remembered that stuff. I couldn't remember things that had any actual value to my life, but I can remember that stuff. And so board gaming fed into that same almost obsessive, uh, you know, I don't want to put a negative spin on it, but it, but there is for me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of obsessiveness that plays into this hobby no. uh, where I kind of fixate on it. I'm thinking about it when I'm not playing and you know what I mean? No, I think it's far easier to get caught up in, um, yeah. And that's in the wave and we talk about the cult of the new, yeah. But we also talk about the cult of the classics as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's very. I mean, I mean, when I mean, it's the. Is it the validation? Because I hear 
I, I hear from time to time people talking about the gatekeeping side of things. And sometimes you'll go on a Facebook group mm-hmm. and somebody will talk about playing a particular game and then they'll get a raft of maybe three or four people that will be coming in and telling them that's a terrible game, <laughs> right. that they should right. never be playing it, yep. that they can't really, it's not really a board game come back when mm-hmm. you're fully grown and you can play with the rest of the kids <laughs> in the yard kind of thing. Right. And I think that um, it's easy to get swept along and then and realise that you have, there's certain games that you potentially have have to have played or got right. involved in. I've not I've played an electronic version of Catan. I've never mm-hmm. played Catan. You're still a gamer, right? I I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Come it doesn't at matter me. at all. Do you know no. what I mean? I, yeah. I I don't I don't, you know, but I think um it's almost like um and I think we're we're getting there with this hobby, mm-hmm. but it's maybe kind of when people are introduced to the hobby in the first place, it's kind of letting them kind of find their own way. Right. And there's so many games nowadays. Yep. But there's so many. But it's it's this kind of like having to constantly kind of keeping up to date with it. And I'm stepping back from it myself. I'm in kind in of, what sense? In the kind of not chasing after every yeah. single thing. That is kind of coming out. I mean, I joke with Elizabeth on the show that I didn't have a copy of Wingspan. Right. Um, and she was like, well, how dare you kind of talk to me without playing? Sure. I mean, it was a joke. I mean, she right. was a fantastic guest and we had a, a, a whale of a time kind of speaking to each other. But I'm kind of, I guess I'm trying to be more picky because I'm looking, I guess I've been in that place where I was like, I've got to get this. I've got to get a game. Mm-hmm. I've got to get another game. I've got to get this game. And now I'm looking at it kind of going, I want to play the games mm-hmm. that I have. Yeah. Is that part of what encourages you to go down the solo route that's, to make sure that the stuff that you had was getting played? That is the reason. That that's that's the reason that, that I got into mm. solo gaming. Um I didn't have that as a background at all. Um mm. it was strictly it was a sense that as I got more and more involved in the hobby. And I got into that first flush that many of us have, especially if, you know, I got into games uh, quite a bit later in life where I had a little bit more of disposable income than maybe yeah. I would have had in my 20s. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so fan. I was in a position where, okay, I I didn't just go crazy, but I did get caught up in that kind of flush of the new exciting and I bought a bunch of games and anything that that slightly seemed interesting to me, I bought, right? Mm-hmm. And so I found myself with that familiar feeling that a lot of us have, or at least have had, of games that weren't getting played and, and it, it caused me a bit of anxiety. And so the more I looked into it, the more I realized that some of these games that I had bought had ways to play solo. And I, I didn't buy them for that purpose. I didn't even pay any attention to it when I bought them. And as I started to play those games, it, I found that it relieved some of that anxiety that I had over games not being played. I knew that if a game had a solo variant, that it would at least get played by me. Um, you know, I might not be able to get you know my, my group interested in playing it or may not even be able to get a group of people together to play it. But yeah. It was something that I could potentially play by myself. And I found that it was also a nice – it was a way for me to kind of, as odd as it sounds, turn my brain off. Um, no, no. Because you, you have to focus on this discrete puzzle that you're working on. And that's why most solo games are puzzles, you know, it, when you when you break it down to it. 
And that allows me to kind of remove my, my brain from, from the, the aspects maybe that had been causing me some anxiety or stress or, you know, frustration or whatever the case may be. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a meditative, uh, s- space for me when I'm solo gaming. Yeah. It's something you can take it. It's entirely at your own pace as well. Mm-hmm. That's another I mean, aspect. there's a difference with, um, cause I hear people talk, well, why don't you just put a video game on? And it's right. kind of like, well, because I'm still not in control of the sense of urgency right. for the game. Mm-hmm. I can't, it's very difficult for me to say, right, okay, I'm just going to, going to get myself a quick cup of coffee or I'm going to have a biscuit or I'm going to nip to the toilet or something like that. Right. Or, you know, video games are still very, this is here and now, it's bright and flashy and stuff yep. like that. I can sit down in front of a, in front of a game, be playing it solo and I can take an hour on that bad boy or yep. if I want to make it last the entire evening, I can just sit there safe in the knowledge that um, I can, I can kind of pack it away at any time. I can leave it as it is at any time. And you're right. You can sit there and just, the, it's not that you're concentrating on something simplistic that you're in control of as well. And you can just let yourself kind of, kind of drift. Absolutely. Is there any games that surprised you in terms of, in terms of the solo mode versus the kind of the multiplayer mode? that you've enjoyed the solo mode an awful lot more than when you played with a group. Oh, okay. That's a different direction that I thought the question was going to go. Um, <laughs> a, a game that I enjoyed solo more, you know what there, there are. And, and the answer yeah. is yes, there, there are some games that I have actually liked better solo than when I was playing with other players. And generally speaking, it's because of the pacing. Um, mm. When I've found that that's been the case, and it's not that often uh, that that I, I, you know, will like a solo mode more. I might like it as well as, and a lot of times they're very discrete experiences, right? Where they 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 they're the same game with the same mechanics, but they don't feel the same when other people are involved. There yeah. are some games that are, you know, kind of that multiplayer solitaire thing that don't change that much whether there are other people around the table or not. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. when I don't like those as much, it's usually, like I said, some kind of a pacing issue where I feel like I know what I want to do. Nothing that the other people at the table are doing are going to affect me at all, and yet I still need to wait for them. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Euros are like that where you're, right. you're kind of – you're only taking the only reason you can't take that resource is because somebody else has taken that resource, and, right. and you're kind of playing. You're not having a direct interaction really with anyone else, and and some people really really like that, right. and other people are just. I'm kind of one of these people that I I guess I don't mind sometimes mm-hmm. um, because I'm having I'm and getting involved in the social aspect of it, right? But sometimes I have played games and I've sat there, I've just went, well, why I could be. This could be seventeen players, regardless. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> it's not gonna, you know. It's just somebody at the end is gonna go. I got fifty-two points, and I'm gonna go third again. Fantastic. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wish I could think of the examples, but uh, but but there are times where, you know, it, it's just something that if I'm gonna play that game, I'm gonna probably want to play it by myself, just because. I like to be able to do it, do it at my own pace. I have had discussions with Dan before about um, 
analysis paralysis, you know, and, and, um, everyone, I, th- I think anybody can be prone to it. I, I, I think it's, I think there are some people that that's their fallback is that they're pretty much are going to be very deliberate and slow every turn. But I think yeah. there are even people who, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty quick turn taker. And there mm. are still times where I find myself agonizing over, over something, but, in solo gaming, that just isn't an issue. You know what I mean? The only yeah. one you have to worry about is yourself. Um, what has been interesting, though, Richard, is that while – when I have a camera behind me, right, and I'm filming a solo game, yeah, that's a very different experience because I find myself being very conscious of the amount of time I'm taking because – there, there's a there's a little bit of a of a a line that I find that I walk, which is I want as much as I can to vocalize what my thought processes are while mm-hmm. I'm playing because I think that that gives people a good idea of what it feels like to play the game, right? Even if their thought processes aren't the same as mine, if they're looking at me and they see an obvious move and they're like, "You're an idiot, do this," you know what I mean? Which I'm yeah. a- assuming most people do is is look at me play and go, "Well, here's a good way to learn not how not to play." Um, but while I'm while I'm talking about what I'm I'm doing, I'm also being very conscious of okay, don't have too much dead air, don't get so caught up in what you're doing that you forget yeah. that there's a camera there and you're just sitting there, you know, staring at the board for 25, 30 I, seconds. I you know? can just imagine me getting ready for, to go for a shower or something like that, and just going stripping, stripping <laughs> all the way, to, stripping all the way down. Just walking out, coming mm-hmm. back in, drying mm-hmm. off. Yeah, you know, and then considering that's you know, because I would just get kind of lost, kind of lost in the moment. So is it? You've given me some ideas, Richard. <laughs> this is a whole new revenue stream. I think it's, 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 it's kind of like um, it's kind of like grooming, mm. and I think you know there could. I'm not being funny, but I've been to a few conventions where you know a little bit of education in the old you know washing under the old <laughs> petaroos. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, could yeah, definitely, yeah. could definitely. I'm not going to go there because I know that you know it's it's, it's a, it can be a contentious issue. But um, with that in mind, I mean, with when you're filming, are you scripting? Oh God, do you, no. Do you play? Do you, you kind of like make sure I'm going to play this section, or do you just start from the start from the beginning? Yeah, no. I, I generally speaking never script anything. There have been two videos that I scripted because they were two minute videos that I was doing for the dice tower. And I wanted to make sure these were never videos that were for my just kind of talking. Those are never scripted. I think of a, a, you know, a general idea of what I want to talk about and I try to get it out in around two minutes um, for better or for worse. And, and I think it shows, (laughs) but there were a couple of videos where I was kind of highlighting a particular game and I, and I was like, okay, I have a lot of stuff I want to cover in two minutes if I leave it to my own devices, I'm not going to get it all in. So I ha- actually wrote it down. But but for the vast, you know, basically every playthrough video is is completely unscripted. And so there has been, I want to say one time, maybe two, where I filmed the first time that I played a game. And I made a very conscious decision to do that. And I made it clear in the video that hey, I'm filming the first time I'm playing this game. So warts and all, you're going to see what it's like to try to learn this from the rules, you know, and and it was generally speaking for games that were a little bit simpler. Um, For games that are a little bit more complex, I try to play through the game 
multiple times and, uh, you know, basically set up the camera and just go. Um, again, for better or for worse, that's been, you know, how, how I've done it. And, and it's been, it's, it really started with trying to do the best I could with the limitations that I had, uh, yeah, technically yeah. and experientially. Um, you know, I had my little $10, I, I, I'd bring the camera or bring it over to the camera, but it's not going to help our, our listeners. But I had my little $10 Amazon, uh, uh, tripod. I, yeah. my first videos were just on my, this iPhone right here that I still have my iPhone <laughs> six, which is almost now a brick. But, um, so my first videos were on that. I had no microphone. I had really cheap umbrella lights and I just, you know, kind of did the best I could. As time went on, I got a little bit more, um, advanced with the equipment, but still, I'm still just using the iMovie that gets preloaded on my Mac. Um, mm-hmm. you know, This is a difficult thing for me, Richard, uh, in that I struggle with myself. Part of me is like, I want to take this as a pride, you know, badge of honor as, you know, hey, I've got this DIY ethic. I'm going to try to get by on the strength of my personality and hopefully I have a unique voice and and Mm -hmm. that's what's going to get people. But I have to also be honest. And a lot of that has to do with laziness. You know what I mean? It's because I don't want to spend no. 45 hours on YouTube videos, figuring out the best way to light my videos and the best way, you know, to, to learn Adobe Premiere. And, and, you know, I have the desire for my stuff to look good, but not enough to devote the amount of money and resources in time to, to do it. You know what I mean? I, I, I guess I'm somewhat happy with with how things are there are niggling things that bother me like i wish i would be a little bit better about getting a consistent autofocus on my camera it never seems yeah. to work exactly the way i want and i'm sure <laughs> if i did a little bit more research and and actually looked into things i could probably get that better but not enough for me to really do it at this point yeah i mean with the board game media itself i think it's it's got a long way to go in terms of getting audience right i mean even the biggest guys that we've got are still relatively small fish compared to a guy who's you know demonstrating this is how you make meringues right exactly exactly he's got you know three and a half million views (laughs) and remember we're just going to add a little bit of vinegar here (laughs) um because that helps with the whitening of the eggs Mm -hmm. kind of thing and whisking Um, you must whisk yeah (laughs) gee is there a new way to approach content? I mean, you, you mentioned, obviously, at the beginning, being involved in this game is broken. Yeah. And one of the reasons that this game is broken became so popular is because nobody had really done a quiz show before. Right. But I'm not seeing anything new. Hmm. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not seeing anything new. I mean, I think James... Is it James Hudson? Yeah. Um, You know, he posted a... He posted a, a, a kind of a video. He says, "Oh, this is was it take my chits or something right, like that." Right, was right. posting kind of chat the best chat uplines for board games, yep. and saying, "You know, I'm challenging everybody who's a content creator to kind of bring up with something kind of new and imaginative and something like that." Right. And um, I, I kind of I kind of understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. but I also understand that it's a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. It really and it's is. Also. It's really, really difficult to put yourself out there to be doing something more than something's like a talking head. 
Right. Or doing a, how do you do a different playthrough? Mm-hmm. Do you go down the level of what maybe Shut Up and Sit Down have done? Which the right. stuff that they do is fantastic mm-hmm. and remarkable. There's other guys like Slicker Drips out there that have done some really good things. Um, you know, Luke Hector mm-hmm. seems to be growing on the Broken Meeple. He seems to be doing... But he's again doing kind of talking heads. Are we... I don't know. I, I Would you want to be the pioneer that's going kind of out there? Kind of doing the things. Do you want to play it safe? Do you want to do something new? Because I don't know if somebody, if I was like doing a playthrough of, say, Dinosaur Island and I mm-hmm. started pretending to be kind of like David Attenborough right. or doing Jeff Goldblum <laughs> impressions halfway through, you know, uh-huh. um, you didn't know, you want to take it and sp- <laughs> throw it back and you ripped it up and doing that, that good. if that would turn somebody kind of off doing that. Is it the safe option? Are we taking the safe option, Mike, here? Are, I mean, is this mm. where we are with media at the moment? Well, here's what I would say to that. Um, I think that it matters less what you're doing. It matters more, is that being true to who you are and is that playing to who your str- to what your strengths are? So I would say this. Yeah. If you're trying to be wacky and you're not, it doesn't come off well. And, and, and no. it's going to look and feel forced if if that's who you are i mean you mentioned the uh the the, the take your chits um you yeah know, that that i don't know uh him at all um christian uh christian is his name right yeah it's christian yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. i've never I, I don't believe i've ever met christian before but the impression i get is that those videos are who he is yes that, that's him right yeah um lucky for him that he is has a talent and he's got an authenticity that comes across and it happens to be who he is, right? I think that there are people and and I don't know if sad is the right word, but I think that that there are people that really would like to be involved in the creative part of this hobby that maybe just don't have that natural presence, right? Yeah. And they try to force it where they might be better off just finding a way to express their passion because it's not that they're not passionate about the hobby or uh, what they're talking about. It's that maybe they haven't found their voice yet. Um, And so they're trying to do something outside of the box just for the sake of it being outside of the box or a a very look at me now type of a, of a thing. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Totally. They want to be the guy. Yeah. They want to be the guy in the middle of the party dancing on the table. (laughs) Right. Two dancing queen, uh, yeah. you know, shirt above the head, yeah. swirling on a tornado, when actually they're probably better suited to be the guy in the kitchen who's making a cocktail that is about to put the dog in a coma <laughs> right. kind of thing. But yeah, if he's a but great he, cocktail maker, you know, go with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And I think it's kind of playing, you know, playing to the playing to the skills as well. As I say, we're still kind of evolving. And, and I see what you mean. When you look at, say, videos by Shut Up and Sit Down, mm-hmm. like, you know, Quinn's and Matt Lee's, they've got such a presence, they've right. got a way of presenting themselves. But if you look, they used to do video game stuff. Yeah. I never so actually saw their video game stuff. They've not just sat, they, you know, they've not right. just appeared on the board game scene from something. They've been used to being kind of very, very kind of live stream, in your face, right. making content. They've got a natural talent for it. But at the same time, say something like Rodney Smith. Yeah. He's deliberate. Mm-hmm. He's patient. Right. He's calming. Yep. 
you know, he could read me a bedtime story anytime <laughs> he wants. Because, oh, do, you know, you doesn't just, he? He 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 gives me a bedtime story at least once a week. I'm just I knew it. I knew it. He keeps giving me excuses. <laughs> Not this week, Richard. Not this week. Right. You know, and that's all I get all the time. Because yeah. around you, well, of course, I suppose you'd have to get a plane. He is going to Aircon, though. That's very exciting. Yeah, I but heard uh, Mark uh, Cook talking about that. Second that time. He be, was there last year, wasn't he? He was there last year as well. Yeah. That's going to be an awkward conversation. Hi, hi, Rodney. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Could you record you reading this <laughs> Gruffalo book for me? Um, thanks. There's this <laughs> book, Rodney, called Goodnight Moon. I would, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'd, I'd love for you to. Just, and if you could read the last line, I love you to the moon and back, just twice. <laughs> and if you can put my name in there every so often, I don't want to ask you know, too much for it, but, 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 you know. Just the hug? No. <laughs> so, it's just, you know, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, in terms of kind of like, um, Things like, I mean, some of the bigger names out there, like, say, like, Scythe. Mm-hmm. You're a big lover of Scythe. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, Matthew Jude went on some kind of soliloquy about how much he liked Scythe when he was on the show. <laughs> but um, in terms of games like that, are uh-huh. they doing solo mode well? Oh. I mean, is is the Scythe autom- is it the Automata or Automaton or however you pronounce it? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Automa, yeah. yeah you say Automa, I say Automata. Let's call the whole um, thing off. <laughs> <laughs> but is that how you do solo mode well? I mean, are there mm. games like that that do it well, and are there games that you've had to house rule? Mm, okay, and say this mm. is awful, right? Well, that's how that's how you do that game well. I, I think uh, right. Scythe is a game that has a lot of interlocking parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that it lends itself well to a block of space, and you have your own efficiency puzzle and do the best you can. I mean, you've got. The potentiality of combat, you've got resource management, you've got area control. The fact that they were able to make a legitimate solo game out of Scythe is, to me, incredible. Um, yeah. And, and uh, because it's that, that, that Automa team, right, that, that, that has kind of been a part of the, the, the Stonemaier games for, for quite a while. The, the, the Automa that you see in Viticulture, right? Is very different from the Automa you see in Scythe, although they were designed by the same team. Uh, yeah. Morton, yeah. Morton, Monrad, Peterson is the, the kind of the main guy, and he has other people that work on that team too. The 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 Automa for Scythe, for Viticulture is basically what I mentioned before, which is that at the beginning of every round, you flip over a card, and it's going to tell mm. you where to place AI workers to block spots. That's really all it's doing is blocking spots. It yeah. starts at 20 points. It's going to end at 20 points. Your goal is by the end of those rounds, however many rounds it is, have more points than the, than the Automa. Deal yeah, yeah. with the tactical puzzle of, oh, shoot, they're blocking the spot that I wanted. How do I work around that? That mm-hmm. works in a worker placement game like Viticulture, and it works quite well, actually. It's a nice little puzzle. But mm-hmm. inside, there's so much going on, right? Or in a game um, like – um, why can't I think of the name of Anachrony, uh, which was done by a different designer, um, David, and I'm not going to pr- try to pronounce his last name because Tertsy is it pronounced Tertsy? Okay, good. I thought yeah, I would destroy Tertsy, it. Yeah. He's a phenomenal. No, I, I wrote it down, <laughs> I wrote yeah. it down because I spoke to him before and I was like, oh, it's impressed in my head. <laughs> yeah, he's a phenomenal, uh, not only game designer but solo variant designer because he'll design solo modes for games he didn't design as well. Um, yeah. but 
you know, for those types of games, you need to have more than block a spot, right? So it depends. It depends on the type of game. Uh, some games you need to have a little bit more uh, as a player, as a solo player, you have to be responsible for more management and administration of the bot. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's more trouble than it's worth, quite honestly. If the game is a simple game and I'm spending more time trying to figure out how to make the bot do its turn than I am on my turns, that's a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there are some games that demand that level of, of you know, uh, you know, and as long as I'm still getting enough out of my turn, then, then I'll do it. Now, I will say that I am not a big house ruler. I don't. If I feel like if a game needs to be house ruled, then I'm probably I'm probably just out <laughs> at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I there's too many other games to play that that are that are well enough designed that I don't have to try to play junior designer myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, I haven't had too many of those. I mean, the the other thing is that you've got kind of this little I don't know if you'd call it a controversy, but it's certainly a topic of note in the solo gaming community of. Is there any value for high score variants in solo games where you're not trying to beat an opponent, an, you know, an automated opponent, but you're just strictly trying to reach a high score plateau, maybe trying to beat your high score? And, and a lot of the Uwe Rosenberg games do this. Um, and for me, depending on the game, I'm fine with that. I'd prefer to have, you know, a, a definitive win loss condition, but yeah, especially yeah. in a puzzle game. I don't mind having, you know, now what has been cool is that over the years, um, even those high score variants, they've found ways to make them a little bit more satisfying. Maybe they'll have objectives that you're trying to, to uh, obtain as well. Like uh, Dinosaur Island is an example of this. Um, there's no opponent you're fighting against, but you've got 10 objective cards and you're trying to complete as many of those as you can. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a way to 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 give the player a little bit more feeling of agency. So that's another long I've been really long-winded, Richard. What what is what's the matter with me? Uh, this is what I do. Yeah, you're you're, you're I just you're letting I, me I come across this chat, but I just like so I just like go okay, let's just I'm going to lead him down this path. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to lead him over here. Yeah. And then I'm going to subconsciously drop this phrase into <laughs> here and see and see see how he yeah. how he kind of runs with it. Have you been tempted to look at solo modes yourself? At as the, in, have you go ahead, as sorry. in put together a solo mode for a particular game, or is there a mm. solo mode that you would love to have for a particular game? Uh, I have been tempted. Um, I have the closest I've come was uh, there's a game called Sentient that is um, mm-hmm. a Renegade Games, uh, uh, J. Alex Kevern, a, a little. It's it's a little kind of like math puzzle game almost where where it's the theme is these AI sentient robots right yeah but it's yeah. really just arithmetic you're you're trying to do dice have you played it no it's 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 actually much more interesting than I'm making it sound um, it's a dice placement game where you draft dice yeah. and you and you and you're trying to place them on these cards in a particular pattern to to gain the most points and. Um, there was somebody that mentioned on Board Game Geek on that on the, asking, you know, hey, is there a solo mode for this? And the designer came on, and I want to say the designer came on, or somebody else came on and said, no, I had an idea of something like this, and I kind of took that kernel of an idea 
and turned it into an actual, you know, full fully playable one. Now, was it any good? I have no idea. I played it a few times. A few people on the thread seemed played it and seemed to like it. It sure, yeah. certainly didn't, you know, take off and and lead to anything at all. I, I nor was I trying to have it do that. But that's the closest I've come. Um, sure, there are games that I wish had solo modes, I suppose, but most times it's, if I'm honest with myself, they probably wouldn't work out well. Uh, you know, there's probably a reason why they don't have one, but you know, there are other games that I think, you know, I I bet they could have made a good solo variant out of this. I'm not going to, but I bet somebody could have, you know, I'm trying to think of specifics. I, I will tell you this, um, the, and I mentioned this on another podcast, so I apologize, but um, but I'll say it with more passion here. Um, Thank you. <laughs> a game that I didn't think would be able to pull off a solo variant that actually is quite good is uh, uh, Giant Killer Robots, GKR Heavy Hitters. Yes. Which is a pure skirmish in your face, uh, robot versus robot Um and I thought, how on the earth are you going to be able to make a solo variant out of this? And it's actually good. I mean, and I know this because I played that first and then I played a multiplayer game. And while the multiplayer game was clearly better, it wasn't yeah. that much better. I mean, I was like, man, this really pulled off this feeling of fighting this other robot. It was great. So every I play, so often I, I get surprised. A, I played it on Friday. And, oh, is that right? Um, yeah. I think I – um there was a guy at the club, and this has been going on for like six months. Mm-hmm. And I brought it in one week, and he says, "Oh, we've got to play it." And then it was that usual thing about it's like flipping Pluto orbit <laughs> orbit in the sun. Uh huh. You know, you pab Saturn. We're passing each other eventually, like right. once every six hundred days or something. And we got sat down on Friday and actually played it. And it's one of these games that the base game, if you played two rounds. Mm-hmm. You'd go, yeah, yeah, okay, right. I get it. You start getting these faction cards, which right. are messing with people's abilities and stuff like yep. that, and it just goes completely tactical. It, it gets absolutely beautiful and wonderful. It's like you're going there as well. It's like this thing where you just, you play a card and you're saying, right, no, because sorry, um, you're stalling. You can't do anything, <laughs> or I'm going to jump out and then I'm going to jump back in again. Yep. Or you can't play any of these moves, or you can't use this, and it just turns it. And I was like. And again, makes me think, have I got too many games that I should maybe be cutting back what I have and playing what I have Mm. more? Right. Because it is like me buying a video game and playing the first five (laughs) hours of that video game. Yeah. And not even getting past into learning that, you know, I put, I was surprised myself. This is one of the Assassin Creed games, Syndicate or something. Mm -hmm. I figured I'd put like 200 hours into it. I was looking at like a board game, like say, you know, Ethan Root. Yeah. And it's maybe 15, 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite. You know, it's one yeah, of absolutely. my, you know, what definitely one of my favorites. Ashes is more, but I couldn't say I've maybe even put as much as maybe 30 hours into that game. You know, it's the same. Right. It's the same. Yeah. But yeah, Giant Killer Robots was an awful lot of fun. And I'm interested to see what they do with District 9. Because they've got District 9 coming out. They do. Next month. I know. I'm I, really interested to see. I got a little bit of a, of a sneak peek at it at uh, somebody's house here locally that had a copy of the pre-production. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just got a really quick glimpse. I, I, I resisted temptation to, to, to start playing with it. But it looked, it looked pretty good. It did look pretty good. 
I was really surprised by the quality mm. of GKR it's when it arrived. It's mm-hmm. just it was it's one of these. It's in my pile with Mechs versus Minions mm-hmm. and Catacombs. It's you know Mice and Mystics, right. and you know it's one in root itself. You're right, is one of these special magical games that kind of looks on its on its kind of on its kind of visuals. Yep. Do you? I mean, are you? Do you get sent? Or do you get contact by contacted at all by companies who are looking to get their solo versions of their games played? Um, not a lot. I, 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 a little bit, and I think part of the reason is that I'm not aggressive about that at all. I don't, mm. um, I don't very actively court publishers. Um, mm-hmm. The closest I came really was last year. I, I, I kind of made a concerted effort because I was working. Uh, Origins and Gen Con, I was working full-time with the Dice Tower. And yeah. I kind of made a, a con- concerted effort to spend some time at those cons, going out kind of with my solo mode slash Dice Tower hat on. This was before mm-hmm. I was doing the, the, the podcast. And talk to publishers. And and I did. And, and so last year, I did bring home some um, – versions of games from publishers, some some re- review copies, so to speak. The, part of the issue is that I don't really review games, right? Um, I, I yeah. do more – I do playthroughs more than anything else. Um, you know, on Dice Tower, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll do what would might, might be a – I don't know, a mini review, I guess would be as close as you'd get. I, by far, the, the most – critical I'll get, uh, and I don't mean critical as far as saying something bad, but talking about the pros and cons is going to be yeah, on yeah, podcasting, yeah, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, I talk about games in a critical light in podcasting much more than I do on video, but um, I don't get a lot. Now, I will say that I've developed a relationship with um, Shem Phillips of Garfield Games, um, who I absolutely mm. adore. Uh, he's just an incredible guy, and, and um, from very early on, supported what I was doing. So I started just on my own making videos of his games because I liked them. Right. Um, and so I was, I did a video for Raiders of the North Sea and I did, even though that doesn't solo, I did that one with my son. Um, then I did a video for, um, Explorers of the North Sea, which does have a solo variant. Mm. And from that, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to remember if, I reached out. He may have reached out to me uh, to do a playthrough video um, for the uh, expansion of Explorers of the North Sea uh, for their preview. And so that was the first time that I did a Kickstarter preview video for the the Rocks of Ruin expansion for Explorers of the North Sea. And from there on out, he's, you know, had me do one. You know, I I did one for uh, Architects of the West Kingdom. Uh, that was, you know, I was part of that Kickstarter campaign. Um, I just literally today uh, uploaded a private unlisted link, sir, um, for for the the new uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom. And I'm I'm right now. I'm looking at my you know uh, my desktop. I see flashing that I have a, a Facebook message from Shem, and I'm hoping that it doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to click on it after we're done, and it says this is a horrible video, but. That's, you know, that's not him, but, you know, I'm hoping he's not going to say, well, you had this, you know, a whole bunch of rules errors. So, because that was, that turned out to be a two hour playthrough. That's the longest one I've ever done. Wow. Um, But so I've developed a relationship with him because he's a wonderful guy and I I legitimately love his games. Legitimately. 
nothing to do with the fact that that you know he has sent me some prototypes to to do. I, I legitimately love them. Um, I, I'm rambling again, Richard. But anyway, I don't have any you know other than than Shem. I don't have any like real strong regular relationships. I've done some stuff here and there. The ones that I got from Gen Con, I filmed videos for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did I did a uh, a thing for Feudum on the Dice Tower for their solo mode. I didn't try doing a, a playthrough of that because that's one that I, I I worry that I would just. There's so much to keep track of. I'm afraid that that would be a terribly difficult video to film, and you know what I mean. Yeah, it's so I, complex. I've, I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. It is on my kind of list of games I wanna. I kind of wanna experience. I don't actively court people. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel it's kind of like, um, I don't know, being somebody's friend and asking to borrow their car keys <laughs> right. kind of thing, unless right. they're kind of getting something directly back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, um, I'm going to have Colby Dodge from um, Plat Hat, from yeah. Plat Hat mm-hmm. Games on, yeah. And... I kind of like, I've spoken to Jerry, I've spoken to John Gilmore, I've had Isaac on, and mm-hmm. I've kind of like, oh, oh, and here's the copy, and, and you can speak to our media person and stuff like that. And I was like, if I turn around after them coming on the show and giving me their time and then says, oh, go and send us a a copy of this game and this game, I'd feel it kind of, I maybe, maybe I should, because, I, I don't know, I was on Facebook the other day, um, and there was IDW put up a post up i think it was like the board game chat and trading thing saying oh yeah we're um, we're, re- we're reuni- renewing our our media list for reviewers and content right, creators right. if you want to get involved in that then you know please leave a leave details of your <laughs> thing below and there was like 127 uh-huh. comments i think i was, was one of them <laughs> it was 127 <laughs> yeah. different people yeah. i just went Oh my days, imagine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really struggle with this one, Richard. I really do. I, I go back and forth. And I, I'm did I I may not have let you finish your thought. No, no, oh, it's okay. no, I mean that that is the thought. Is yeah. that I kind of feel you know, occasionally like um you know, Aaron uh, um Aaron West um at Elsa Games, like he says, you know, if I mean I did an unboxing for Catacombs Conquest and mm-hmm. and um he kind of sent me kind of like a pre-production to play around with it and things like that. And right. But it was to help kind of give feedback and stuff like that. But I, I, I would feel weird kind of approaching, you know, I'd, I've dropped kind of ridiculously subtle hints to Weta <laughs> to say, send me right. District 9, I will love you forever. But like right. all they just say is, you know, if you come by the office again, we'll set the dogs on you. Um, but, These you know, giant it's like New Zealand a, dogs. Exactly. I, I think they're just vicious shit. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> that's kind of a. That's kind of a. Is, isn't that one and the same? Is there a non-vicious sheep out there? Aren't they I've, all vicious, I, vicious I creatures? Know. They're like cows. I've heard cows are <laughs> horrifically. Any single news item, there is cow attacks women, and there's always about the cow. She went into a field and she had her dog with her, and her dog went off, and the cows went absolutely mental, <laughs> and they just kicked her to bits. And, you know, I look at cows now and I think, you're like, you know, three quarters of a ton. You're, That's right. you're not a small animal. Right. But anyway, back to yes. the point is that I don't think I'd love to go up. I'd love to be the guy that would, like, you know, strut up sure. to Gamelin Games, <laughs> you know, and go, hey, 
how's it going? Uh -huh. Do you understand? I got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my podcast. Do you want to see my podcast with mm -hmm. my listeners? Yeah. How about you give me a nice copy of that Heroes Land here and see? <laughs> eh, eh? You know, right. I, I don't know if I could do, I probably would make an, an idiot myself, but we're still, I, I still think there's some folk that, that do a much better job and you see yeah. them coming home and going, got another package delivered today. And you're just like, how are you doing this? And it's probably because they're asking. It, it, there, I think there, there is. And I'm going to make a horrible analogy and I really hope this doesn't come back to bite me. But um, as a, as a young lad, Richard, I was mm. never very um, confident with uh, asking asking people that I was interested in, uh, young ladies out on dates or or even expressing my interest with them, right? I, mm. I was just very, very uh, self-conscious and, and always just terrified of rejection, right? And I knew somebody, he was, he was a friend, he was more an acquaintance, but um, I knew somebody that had absolutely no fear. Now, and, and look, I'm not uh, the most handsome man on the planet, um, but I recognize that this 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 guy I was talking about was not terribly attractive, right? <laughs> he just wasn't. Um, he wasn't like a you know a fiendish gargoyle, but he wasn't terribly attractive, right? But what he had was absolute and utter confidence, no fear, and he would ask anybody that he had a slight interest in if they wanted to go out. And, you know, if he asked 100 girls, 98 might say no. But you know what? Two of them said yes. And these were, you know, these were, you know, generally speaking, you know, attractive, attractive, at least to me, uh, young ladies. Although, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, found a lot of ladies attractive when I was a young lad. Um, but I think that there's a somewhat of an analogy here. Whereas I think there are some people that do sort of what we do, whether it's podcasting or videos or whatever yeah. the case may be. That just ask they 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 ask and and they must they must be producing something that the uh, publishers are happy with or else I've got to think that that would be a short term thing right where you can promise the moon but if you don't deliver you're only going to get that first game for free you know what I mean yeah um, yeah but I think that there are people that are are very very um, clear in what they want you know. But they also are also able and willing to make commitments. You know, that's yes. where I have a very uh, – I'm very hesitant to accept anything unless I am sure that there's something that I can deliver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and yeah. so that's where my difficulty comes in because uh, I don't want to overextend myself. I don't want to overcommit. I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. You know what I mean? And yeah, and so yeah. generally speaking, almost everything I film are things that I buy myself. No, I think yeah, I think that's the kind of the fear that is. I would pr could probably, and I could you know give a, a list of names to people and say, look, I've had all these people on the show, and if you send me a game, I'll do that. But then I'd be terrified that I wouldn't produce the necessary content right. to justify kind of getting that, and then I would be embarrassed and kind of. And kind of shy. Mm -hmm. um, you have a nice collection I can see behind you, you okay? Yes. And as, as is our normal tradition, we have to, um, which I'd like to claim that I did this before Ben Maddox did with his five <laughs> games for Doomsday. <laughs> but um, if Dan 
contacted you, how he ever contacted you and go and went, Mac, Mac, <laughs> you never guess what, Asmodee's been in contact. <laughs> um, and said, Mike, they've said that they are going to sponsor Sporadically Bored mm. for six months. And as part payment, they're going to let you, us both have any three board games. Oh my gosh. That we would like. Now it's the Asmodee vault, so it can be anything at all. <laughs> what three board games mm. would you like? Now it can be it can be expansions, it can be first editions, it can be mm. second editions, it can be shrink wrapped editions, you know. And and they've also they've decided they're gonna give you like a solo mode variant. They've oh. actually got David Turtsey in to make a solo mode variant for you as well. So what My three goodness. games would you like, Mike? This is a God, you know, and, and I knew you did this, and yet I still absolutely did not prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is going to be just riveting, riveting audio. Let me think. Um, Try to put some background music in while you think. <laughs> yeah, dun, dun, please do. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, uh, you know, one one of the things I, I've I've seen now. This is not an Asma Day title, but I think that you're just using this as a nice framework to I'm build just using to, it as to, a framework, to build Asma Day. <laughs> you know, if I'm trying to reach out to get sponsorship, I might as well go for Asma Day. You know, you know venture capitalists, couple of billion behind them. You know, this what is I mean? right. Go they for could the, throw go ten. For the big they guys. could throw fifty grand my way, and it was you know they were just making up an interest within a minute. So mm-hmm. there's no loss there. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, I would love to get the. Um, the Rainer Rainier Knizia version of modern art that's in the little stamps. It's a little Japanese. It, I I don't I don't know if it's Oink. It might be an Oink game. Um, mm. It's this really rare version of modern art that is based off a of little postage stamps. Um, okay. And I want to say that that thing is selling for like five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks, something Whoa. ridiculous like that. It's very 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 rare. Um, I know a lot of people probably say the the black box edition of Glory to Rome, but I I, I played it and I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't play the black box edition, but I played uh, a regular edition, the, the Cambridge, and I thought it was all right. Um, so I'm not I'm not quite that enamored with it. Uh, you know, gosh, mine are going to be boring because they're going to be ones that you can kind of get. I I really would like the um, you know the the Super Meeple edition of. Um, Java and what? No, it's it's Cusco now, and uh, mm-hmm. those mass trilogy games. I've got the Super Meeple edition of Mexica, uh, but I'd yeah. like the other two, Tikal and uh, what they've re redone uh, Java to, which is Cusco. So I'd like I'd like those. Um, okay. God, these are horrible. I, I, there are other ones I just am not prepared, Richard. I'm I'm woefully unprepared. That's you. You you step in my house. This is what happens. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'm still, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little bit disoriented from this whole cow discussion too. I think that's got me a little bit off my game, but that's all right. You just have to watch. I mean, you just there's, there's no videos out there, but there's definitely anecdotal <laughs> evidence of cows attacking people, and uh-huh. it's one of the scariest things I ever read everywhere. Are, just to know they're quite intelligent. Are there a lot of cows in Scotland? I've got one downstairs. Is that uh, right? In the garage, yeah. That's fantastic. We get fresh, fresh milk every morning. We're yeah. wow. Now I, <laughs> I'm. Dan's uh, got chickens. Dan's got chickens. We keep herds of sheep and cattle. Wow. They just wander outside. They're just wandering up and down the streets. Yeah, I've got a number. That's not true. I've got a number <laughs> of of Scotland questions that I'm 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 going to have to save because I, I know that we're probably a little bit f- farther along in this uh, podcast to 
to then to bring this up right now, but you know, I'm going to be going to Scotland to the UK for the first time in uh, December, and right. we're we're potentially flying in to Edinburgh. Um, uh, we're going to be definitely going to to Loch Ness. It's one of my wife's bucket list uh, areas that she wants to go, and so I may be picking your brain at some point. You can, I mean, you can, and you can actually nip in for a cup of tea, laddie, um, <laughs> and we can experience some of the fantastic Scottish accent um, and some coffee. That would be lovely. Um, <laughs> that would be lovely. You'd be more than you'd be more than welcome. You'd be more than welcome to come back on the show because this has been an awful lot of fun. If people want to keep an eye on you hmm. on the internet webs, yes. Where can we find you on the internet webs? Well, on, on the wide, wide world of the internets, uh, you can find mm-hmm. me at uh, Solo Mode Games on YouTube. That's where I do my playthrough videos that we uh, kind of chatted about a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the Dice Towers board game breakfast program, which has just been kind of revamped lately. It's now going to twice a week. So I'm either on on Mondays or Thursdays, depending on when they want to slot me on there. And I'm... My my little secret there is that I, I I still will sometimes talk about solo games, but quite often I don't talk about solo games at all. <laughs> I just talk about things that I find interesting. And then uh, the the sporadically bored with Mike and Dan podcast that uh, I do with with the internet titan Dan Hughes. Uh, um, I said Hughes. I, I I really went hard on the G that time. I don't normally that do was that. Quite hard. He's yeah. almost like the OG. He is the OG. He's so hard G. He's yeah. the OG. Yeah. He's the OG. He'll not be happy that you've mispronounced <laughs> his name. He will You're not never be. ever going to hear the end of this. I, I lingered on the G. I, there, I, I, I really could, did. I, 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 I floated around the G for much longer than normal. I might, I might edit it out <laughs> and then just me voiceover saying, Mike just totally fucked up your name, Dan. <laughs> He'll he'll and he'll believe you. You um, will. But for that for that podcast, you can find us uh, on uh, on any of the what do you call them the podcast catchers the the podcast catchers. There you go. You can, I think you can find us on all of those. I don't know. I don't know what the hell a podcast catcher is, but I'm going to assume you can find us on them. Um, we're on Twitter and on, Facebook. You know the yeah, whole the whole thing. Sporadically bored, mm-hmm. and then you it's sporadic, is it sporadically bored dot com or something that, like yeah, that is the that you'll, you'll, is the hostage you can get it there. place. You can also, speaking of Dice Tower, we're now a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, so you can find us on the Dice Tower homepage. Has their little podcast list, so you can find us there. I asked Tom We've if sold I could out get to on the, the Dice. I asked Tom if we could get on the Dice Tower, and he went, he went, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> um, Did you actually uh, ask about no, that? Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't. I don't know. You don't want some kind of strange Scottish guy on the dice tower. I mean, I mean, you know, game pits on there. They're not uh, yeah. Scottish, but I think that they, <laughs> I think they share a, a certain sensibility. I think you share a certain sensibility with with. I like to think that our podcasts are kind of kindred spirits in a way. They Although are. you're you're much more uh, involved in actual proper discussions with people in the board game industry, whereas we just kind of talk with people we want to talk to. But well, that's what you do too, though. Yeah, so, I just talk to people I want to talk to. Yeah. It's great fun. And, and nobody's caught me yet and told me I need to stop. No, I think you're doing a so, splendid you know, job for what it's worth, for you. what my opinion is worth, which is absolutely zero. Is absolutely Keep doing worse. what you're doing. I love it. I just, I really, really like your show and oh, well, the joy you. and fun that you bring to the hobby because it is, um, it's, it's not, a, it's like a few, 
it's like a few miles of joy as opposed to a couple of acres <laughs> of rubbish, right. as you would say. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to internet, search for We're Not Wizards, you'll find us. Um, I'm not going to pollute the absolute joy I've had for the last hour and ten minutes by uh, self-promotion. But um, if you do want to find us, you can find us on Stitcher and Speaker and Acast and Podknife and Podbean and all these other CastBox and Google Play and all these other wonderful places. And you can go to our website and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else because I can't stop once I go. I'm like Mr. Pop. Um <laughs> If you do like what you've listened to tonight, you can do two things. First thing is to tell somebody else. Because mm-hmm. that's always nice to be told that, you know, it doesn't matter if you like us or not. You know, tell your enemies. Indeed. <laughs> you, you know, tell anyone you know. Um, and the other thing is, um, if you do like what you've listened to tonight, then jump onto Apple Podcasts. Now, you've got to do two things for this. You've got to search for Sporadically Bored. And make sure you drop them a subscription and you drop them a rating, you drop them a review. And do the same for us. Now, if you're going to give us ratings or reviews, right, we are gentlemen who try and maintain our egos. So don't give us 10 stars because it will inflate them too much. Yeah, that would be awful. But don't give, don't give us one star, though. No. Because that's just, that's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and look, we've, we've, we've earned this. Mm. Yes. We don't deserve one star, otherwise it'll make us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average and we're just a little bit average. But the gentleman, the gentleman, the, just the absolute star that is Mike Delisio, <laughs> who's graced us with his presence. You know, this is gold. It's not going to get any better than this. I'm telling you. You know, I might even make this episode 250. Wow. I've not decided. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. There you go. Um, but, that well, there's only two more things to say. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Mike? We are not. Absolutely not. Definitely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mike. Say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me, remember. Stay safe. Roll sixes. Um Plan your day or be a bit sporadic, mm. you know, but don't be bored either way. And uh, if you can't like me, like Mike and Dan, because they are fantastic. And if you can't play with somebody else, play by yourself. Very sad. In a little words. solo mode. There you go. <laughs> but until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>